Being around sports media and a fan of, oh, my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run to the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Happy holidays. Officially Thanksgiving week. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Katie Mox and Will Brinson here, joined by our Pick Show squad, Alex Selznick and Emery Hunt of Sportsline. This episode of Pick 6 is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. The last episode, the Super Friends went through week 11 of the NFL season. Breach, Wilson, and Brinson talked about how the Lions' comeback shows their quality and how the Browns are now somehow clutch. That is a very interesting take. Can't wait to listen to that one. And if you haven't listened to it already, you can. You can watch the episode on the YouTube channel or the audio version wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, feel free to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another episode. It's time now to look at the early lines and leans for week 12 of the NFL season. Thanksgiving week, we've got three games on Thanksgiving. We've got a Black Friday game for the first time. And then, of course, there still is a Sunday slate. All right, fellas. Can I give out a free? Can I give out a free college football pick? Okay. I was wrong. Later, yeah. <laughs> no, I was wrong about Wake Forest. Wake Forest uh, didn't give NC State any trouble. They are quite terrible. Um, however, okay. This Saturday at eight p.m. at the Carter Finley Stadium, okay. eight p.m. the final game of the season. NC State's rallied to eight wins on the season. Unexpectedly, quarterback swaps, quarterback leaves, MJ Morris leaves in the middle of the season. The NC State Wolfpack toasting the North Carolina Tar Heels. And NC State is a dog at home. Okay. And, I, and I'm and i not sure why. Neither team is ranked in the uh, AP poll. We'll find out college football playoff poll. But I just want to point out this quote from Phillip Rivers, former Chargers, quarter, Chargers and Colts quarterback. Oh, 
Oh, great. You might not hear much about the game around the country, and that's fine. But you're walking to a bar anywhere in the state of North Carolina. You see a guy in khakis and his Carolina polo staring at a guy in his jeans and an interstate t-shirt. Clear the room because it's about to go down. There is no love lost between these two schools. Carolina just lost a heartbreaker at Clemson. They got to go on the road back-to-back weeks. NC State is just – we just whipped up on Virginia Tech. And the defense is going to, quote, be salty, according to Dave Doran. Take the two points. Take the money line. We're going to beat – to take the alt lines, we're going to beat the snot out of these guys. Go pack. Be, is it, yeah, let's is go this, pack. Is this, right. is this what they look like? Yeah. Get your pups up. You get your pups up. Uh, oh, get your pups yeah. up. Yeah. Toss right. pups up. So, Speaking of pups – Dogs went eight and four against the spread um, in week 11 home teams, 10 and two overall four and eight against the spread away dogs, getting your pups up seven and three against the spread unders reign supreme yet again, nine and three Emery. Uh, I know you love to talk about how home teams dominate, not because of home field advantage. What'd you think mm-hmm. of last weekend? Matchups. KD, mm. matchups, 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 and the matchups matter. And when you think about where we are in the season and who's healthy, who's not, I feel like injury reports matter more so than home True. or away. Although, True. because Brinson stole a show earlier, oh. Cajun Phil will be significantly <laughs> louder this week as it is rivalry, rivalry week. Uh-huh. As we got UL Monroe coming in and we're 12-point favorites. Lay those 12 points with the Raging Cajuns. Trust in your boy. Trust in your boy. Anybody else want to throw a homerific uh, college football pick out there? Look, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I don't know if San Jose State is playing, but don't take the points with them. Probably <laughs> what I would what I would say. I, I uh, saw. By the way, I saw pretty good. Uh, it's like here's the rivalry, best rivalries in college football. It's like Ohio State, Michigan, Ole Miss versus Mississippi State, vol- Volunteers, Twitter versus Logic and Reason, Army, <laughs> Navy, Bama, Auburn, OU, Texas, FSU, Miami, UGA, Florida, Gary Danielson versus SEC fans, and Texas A and M versus Sound Financial Decisions. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is a good one. Go uh, Cats! Don't bet on Northwestern though ever okay yeah good one from Harry all right let's uh let's go ahead and and jump forward here to week 12 and some talk about a rivalry game talk about a rivalry game and uh, Brinson was it you that has an uncle that says don't ever bet against the Lions on Thanksgiving yes uh, Uncle Mills shout out to Uncle Mills always he's like hey well you never bet against the Lions on Thanksgiving I'm like I'm pretty sure they're like one and seven against the yeah. spread the last eight yeah. years, Mills. Yeah. You've been saying this. They're yeah. always down they're, 14 points when he says it. Like, they're laying seven and a half uh, versus the Packers. Packers, how about that comeback win from Jordan Love in the fourth quarter? Um, and that was a really exciting game, actually, this last weekend. This total 46 and a half. Um, you know, a lot of chatter about Jordan Love this year, Emery. Um, but he put something together in the fourth quarter in that comeback. Now, it was the chargers which find ways to lose in the fourth quarter so there's a caveat here but he was using his legs a lot more what do you think of this well he was using his legs to buy time and he had a comeback like this against new orleans early in the year but the reason why i want to talk about his legs is that we saw the lions have issues versus justin fields now for those that have a hard time hearing and comprehending i am not saying justin fields is the same as jordan love in terms of athleticism The point is you have over-aggressive defensive ends that just want to fly upfield for Detroit. What Jordan Love has to do is not be afraid to take off and get those cheap five, seven, eight yards, get down, get out of bounds, use his legs to help calm that pressure. That way he can have more time back there in the pocket to hit targets deeper downfield. 
that's the comparison. That's why I feel like he has to be able to use his legs in this matchup. I will take the Lions. I'm sorry, take the Packers in the points here yeah. because of the divisional matchup. Mm-hmm. It's crunch time now. They can see Minnesota in their sights, i.e. the Packers, and they feel like they have a chance to get there. So I think this will be a tighter game. And he got to repay the Lions on what happened last year. So I think the Packers will keep this one close. Uh, a couple of things on that. One, I thought that Justin Fields in particular was the it's like, dude, where the F has this been? These yeah. design runs, these quick design runs. And like his, he did a really good job of getting down quickly and not taking a ton of big hits. But it's like, hey, guys, like you're professional NFL coaches. Why did it take you? Like 36 months to figure out like that's the game plan that you can attack with like get like fields is doing these little quick draws you point out he's getting those five yard little five yard carries it would just like make life easier on second and third down or, or you know third and short instead of third and long and I, I was really impressed with what the bears did and how they played on, on sunday i thought alliance rj white on our pick show on thursday said he thought that the three teams playing on thursday for thanksgiving uh, the Lions, the three yes. home teams, or the three teams are the big part. favorites. The Lions, the 49ers, and the Cowboys might come out a little slow. He was right. Yeah. Uh, Lions, Lions came out slow, came out lethargic. Jared Goff looked like crap. Uh, Cowboys were sleepwalking a little bit there against Carolina. And then San Francisco, I mean, certainly could have put that game away a little bit easier than, than they did. But I mean, they you know, yes. still, still won by double digits. Um, I think it's really interesting that Green Bay, coming into the week against the Chargers, had a top five pick in the NFL draft. And now, after that game, they're the number eight seed in the a- NFC. Like you talk about a wild disparity where if you lose that game, you're like picking third overall. And now you're like, oh, <laughs> Jordan left through 300 yards granted against the Chargers. Um, I'm inclined to take the points, but I got to think on this one a little bit more. I think it's more likely to move. Is it seven and a half now? I don't think it's going to come. It, it will not dip below seven, I don't believe. I think it will keep moving up, if anything. Um, Detroit should – I think Detroit comes back and is really focused in this game. So um, seven and a half makes an intriguing prop. Did you have something on this? I did, Will. I was really encouraged by, once again, Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, 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 in the backfield. Sure. yeah. Nice to see him back-to-back weeks actually out-touch, out-snap. Um, David Montgomery, both backs were largely effective. I think they both actually finished with exactly 14 touches and uh, just a couple extra yards for David Montgomery. So I think that's going to continue. Uh, obviously, having getting the, the football in Jameer hands, good things happen uh, when, he, when he touches the football. So, yeah. yeah, I think this is a great matchup against the Packers, who are a significant run funnel and significantly weaker defending the run as well. So I expect both of these backs to get a lot of work on Thanksgiving. And and shout out to you know I mentioned it um, I mentioned him during the was it the show last week or was it maybe it was the pick show but uh, at Coach Speak Index uh, you know had that had that rating on Dan Campbell for you know like eighty percent reliability with usage and sure enough like Dan Campbell Dan Campbell did what he said he was going to do Jameer Jameer Gibbs was not relegated to a backup role he was and I think that's what makes this line seem really dangerous moving forward is that they have Gibbs and Montgomery that they can deploy at the same time Gibbs uh, almost scored the game winning touchdown. And then Montgomery can't like he's if it's the balls at the one Montgomery's probably going to get it unless Gibbs did all the work to get him down there. Um, he, he did have that one rushing touchdown, but you know, just I think I think really really encouraging usage. If you're a Jameer Gibbs fantasy owner or you're playing his props, like you expect him to continue to have a heavy workload moving forward. Commanders Cowboys on CBS Nance Robo and Wolfson. Right, this is the CBS game. Cowboys minus ten and a half over Oof. under. 48 and a half. I don't think 
Okay, you're not going to see people are like Rod Rivera's getting fired. It's like I don't know they're going to fire him like on a short week like this. Uh, but man, <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, still fire, still don't fire people. I mean, you just got to fire okay. somebody around the holidays anyway. But I mean, it yeah. still stinks. Commanders are four and seven uh, on the season now. Cowboys, of course, seven and three. Cowboys actually seven and three against the spread as well. Both teams positive to the over here. Uh, Emory, Sam Howell, man, he's flashed at times. But it, it's 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 at least I guess it's not like Jordan Love where you used a first round pick on him and you're not sure it's a fifth round pick and you may end up just pairing him with the Carol, the Chapel Hill poo poo platter of him and Drake May by the time it's all said and done. They they don't have a run game to really ease a lot of the pressure off of him, so they have to use him dropping back and, and throwing the ball 35, 40 times a game. He can't keep getting sacked. You know the, their offensive line protection. It leaves a lot to be desired. And when the Cowboys defense smell blood in the water, expect him to really just tee off on Sam Howell. And now that Deron Bland just catches everything and brings it back for touchdowns, it could be a problem for Washington. I know this is a big spread, but this is the type of team and the type of game and the type of spotlight, you know, where the Cowboys will show up. Um, so I'm going to lay these points comfortably yeah. here early in the week before it jumps a little bit higher. I agree with you. And let's talk about the commander's defense for a second. They let Tommy DeVito three touchdowns in 246 yards. Now, I know that they got rid of some of their top guys. They sacked him nine times and still gave up all that. Like, that's but, insane. Yeah. But this, this is, that is embarrassing from yeah. the commanders. Now, the under, I believe, still did hit in that uh, in that game, which I was happy about. But um, Did it? I don't think... Or was it? Or maybe I think... No, they were, I think they were over because they, they got to 50 points total. So I, oh, I don't okay. Think well, was, then, yeah. Oh, yeah, three touchdowns would... Would make sense. Um, Mondays. Hello. Yeah. yeah but anyways, right. commanders, commanders defense, um, they're gonna get rocked by Dak and the boys. I would lay this ten and a half early. Saquon averaged five point nine yards per carry, caught a ton of passes out of the backfield. Like if there was ever a Tony Pollard blow up spot other than the last two weeks, I this keep, would be it, I right? Keep prop? Saying that though. I, I, we we all keep saying that. Sixty had a season though, sixty-three percent of the snaps. Last, or just yesterday, so that's not encouraging. Rico Dattle ended up with eight touches there. You can attribute some of that to the blowout, but most of the Cowboys' victories have been blowouts. So yeah, Pollard just continues. The game, to start the game was just, it was a seven point game late in the four, late in the third quarter. Like Rico Dattle might be a little sneaky uh, DFS Thanksgiving DFS three game slate play. I mean he he, uh, he could be, yeah. Yeah, I would agree, Brinson. But yeah, it's just been uh, waiting for Tony Pollard. Two touchdowns in Week One hasn't scored since then. With this Dallas offense being as effective as well, they scored, are, he scored yesterday. He did score yesterday. He's, yeah, he had a. It was actually a really good run. It was a powerful run. He like dragged some guys in the end zone. But it's like, I mean, my <laughs> Tony Pollard fantasy owners, man, we are <laughs> at our wits end. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing C.D. Lamb going against this commander's defense, however. This yeah. defense that we Katie mentioned, Tommy DeVito just shredded for three touchdowns and 250. They give up more 15-yard passing plays than any defense in the NFL. We've seen how explosive C.D. Lamb is, so I think he's going to uh, potentially have an absolutely monster game while the game, so. is, while the game is competitive. As far as the commanders and Sam Howell are concerned, uh, he just spreads the football out, so it's really hard to really bank on you know specific guys for fans production i will say logan thomas of all players uh has been probably the most reliable target um for him so at the tight end position which is pretty scarce especially as far as fantasy uh goes he's someone that has a semi-reliable target floor when we're looking at this commander's offense who just has quite a few weapons 
throw a Howell interception prop in a parlay somewhere. It's probably like minus 240 at the rate that he's been throwing them <laughs> and against this defense, but throw it in a parlay uh, just for a sure leg for you guys. Moving on, 49ers lane seven in Seattle at the Seahawks. This total 42 and a half. Brock Purdy coming off of a perfect passer rating. It's the first time in 49ers franchise history since like 1989 or something, I believe Steve Young. 1989, Joe Montana and Steve Young both did it that year. Both did it that year. Yeah. And then we got Brock Purdy coming and doing it. So uh, the haters are still chirping somewhere, but we can't hear y'all. We can't hear y'all. Um, on the other side, the Seahawks, Geno Smith injured his elbow late in the third quarter. He missed most of the fourth quarter, came back, wasn't enough, still lost uh, to the Rams. I believe that the, that uh, Pete Carroll is saying he thinks it's just a bruise in and around the tricep area. And then it went down enough, but this is questionable. What we saw from Drew Locke, wasn't great um it's interesting will do you think that this line factors in the gino situation or do you think gino kind of gets cleared is good this line changes more to like a field goal i don't know katie um did you just call me will that was weird um it's fine people call me will it happens it happens these days apparently uh no it's your name (laughs) yeah it is my name name. i should get used to it (laughs) um yeah i mean i think if you were going to take anything here you would, oh man! I mean, catching like, seven. Does the line get up to ten? I, I just can't tell if they factored in the Geno Smith thing in. Geno, Geno, Geno's absence is factored in here. I think. Okay. I think. Well, I don't know. It's 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 factored in here to a degree. I think that this is sort of the um, hedge where it's like we cannot have Drew Locke against that Niners defense, even at home on Thanksgiving night. And I, I guess it'll be rowdy Thanksgiving night. Right? It'll be like a, you know, I mean, I don't know. Oh yeah, I mean, they get, you know, it'll be loud. It'll be loud. Huge people, yeah, rivalry be, game. Yeah, yeah, huge rivalry game. People will be drunk. The, the Seahawks are a playoff team. Yeah, people. Yeah, be loud as hell in there. I mean, even with Drew Locke catching, like, like you just can't have, you can't have Drew Locke catching, like, or the Niners laying five against Drew Locke, or the Niners laying three or four against Drew Locke, because then people are gonna smash it. And you also can't have um, the Seahawks catching 10 with Geno Smith. So I think they're kind of hedging it right now based on the fact that it's a Thursday game. Um, I guess we'll get, will we get an injury report on Monday night for this game? I don't know. Probably. Yeah, probably should. I mean, should it, if at the very least you'll get like, you know, comments from Pete Carroll about it and what that means. So I would expect that this line moves and it's entirely dependent on what, you know, what the status prop is for uh, Geno Smith. Yeah, I would say obviously a lot hinges on Geno's availability, but also uh, Kenneth Walker will play a factor as well. Yeah. Had an oblique injury, caused him to miss most of the game. It was the Zach Charbonnet show, uh, who looked fairly impressive. I would say actually more than fairly impressive. He really showed a three-down skill set. I was impressed there. Uh, struggle or was a tough game for the Seahawks. Not able to obviously capitalize. I feel like it reminded me a bit of the Bengals game, where from a yardage standpoint, uh, and time of possession, they dominated for most of the game, but uh, just yeah, couldn't put the game away. Then couldn't uh, make that game-winning field goal at the end there. But I do want to pat myself on the back just a little bit. On the Friday prop show, I talked about Brandon Ayuk potentially yeah. having a career best game. He mm-hmm. did in fact do that. It was the matchup uh, from the gods, as far as I was concerned, against this <laughs> Tampa Bay defense who gives up more plays in the splash zone, the deep middle of the field than any defense in the league. We saw that being heavily utilized. So Brandon Ayuk, phenomenal game. If this guy was in a higher volume passing offense. He would be regarded as one of the best wide receivers in yeah. football. The, the metrics are absolutely off the charts for Brandon Ayuk 
this season, who's undoubtedly having a great season, even in, a, in an offense that likes to run the football quite a bit. 156 so, uh, receiving yards, right? Or over I, 150. Uh, 156, um, yeah. I think you could make a case that Brandon Ayuk is now the most underrated wide receiver in, in football just because of like how he's perceived nationally um, and where he like sort of slots in. Like he's considered the I mean, I don't know if you're listening if you're listening to the most important players for this 49ers team, like to the general public, he's behind Debo, he's behind Trent Williams, he's behind Purdy, he's behind Christian McCaffrey, he's behind Kittle. Like and he's he's should, really, really important. While we're pat while we're patting each other on the back, I'm gonna pat my, myself on the back. Uh, he hit his over in our little prop draft that we did. His overcast in week 10, week 11. Uh, it was like 775 and a half, and he cra- cashed it um, in week 11. Feel pretty good about that as my top player prop just because he was available alphabetically. Um, <laughs> I would uh, – well, I was going to say – oh, yeah, man. Uh, for anybody who has Seahawks futures uh, prop specifically, I'm just curious what you think – because we talked about this the last two weeks on the Sunday night show where Bre- Breach pointed it out. They are home against the Niners on Thursday. You get a 10-day bye, obviously. But then you're at the Cowboys. And then um, I guess that's the – is that the – oh, that's the Thursday night game at the Cowboys because you're the two Thanksgiving teams playing. So there's only a seven-day break for the Seahawks at the Cowboys and then 10 days later at the Niners again. Tough um, schedule, Brinson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, then a week later, home against the Eagles. So you have the – Niners twice, the Cowboys and the Eagles in a four-week stretch. Like th- and, they could be, and, they could be out of the play. They could be under five hundred in four weeks. And Drew Locke might be starting for one or two of those games as well. So honestly, I, I from a betting standpoint and from uh, you know having backed them throughout the offseason, being a heavy, having heavy positions on them as far as futures are concerned. Uh, certainly, uh, yeah, the alarm. The alarms are ringing. I'm definitely concerned, uh, especially if Drew Locke is playing quarterback. Kind of the thing with the Seahawks I felt all along was if they could just have viable, average quarterback-level play, I thought the roster was obviously good enough to uh, make the playoffs and win 9 to 11 games. But a lot of injuries. There's been a, numerous games, the Cincinnati Bengals game, and I thought the Rams game yesterday where they should have won. They weren't able to close the game out. So, yeah, things aren't looking very good in Seattle. We got a Black Friday Black Friday comes. Well, Steely Dan for the folks at home. Um, the uh, Dolphins minus nine at the Jets. I swear, I thought I saw. A... Yeah, uh, this line is probably going to keep going up. By the way, because Zach Wilson not starting. I don't nope. actually. I guess that's not a bad thing. Uh, I don't know. Tim Boyle is starting for the. For, yeah, Tim Boyle starting for the Jets here. I would not be surprised at this line. Even though it's at New York on uh, on Friday afternoon, the first time in the history of the NFL Black Friday game, um, wouldn't I be surprised at all if this game creeped over ten? Obviously, division rivalry game, but the Dolphins have been stomping bad teams uh, six and four against the spread, seven and three, seven and zero oh against teams who are five hundred or below. Any chance Emory here for the Jets? None. Even with Tim Boyle, Tim yeah. Boyle, if you go back <laughs> to watch his career at UConn. Eastern Kentucky, he has never thrown more touchdowns and interceptions, not even in his three to four year career in the NFL, more picks than touchdowns. It makes you wonder how he got to the NFL. Um, But here he is starting against the Dolphins. They have no chance, but it will be fascinating to watch if they allow him to throw the football vertically down the field because they didn't let Zach Wilson do so, which kind of contributed to their problems on offense. Um, but this is going to be a train wreck once again. Defense will do what it does all throughout the all throughout the game, and the offense won't 
even put up a fight. So lay these points right now before it jumps to 17 and a half by the end of the week. <laughs> 17 and a half. I, I think I think it definitely gets over 10. So if you like the if you like the Dolphins, get it now. Yeah. Uh prop stars, Devon A. Chan came back mm. out with a knee injury now. My fantasy team is in shambles. It's the, it's the same knee as well, Katie, which is obviously not a good sign there. Uh, that was kind of his, uh, that that was one of the negatives when looking at Devon A-Chain coming into the draft, I felt was, you know, if he stays healthy, he's going to be super productive, but I don't know if he could hold up to an NFL workload. Uh, seems to be the case this season. Obviously, when he's on the field, he's been absolutely brilliant here. But yeah, not a good sign, although I did read a report prior to coming on here that there is a chance he could be available in Week 12. If I'm the Dolphins, obviously they have Super Bowl aspirations. We They will want a healthy HN. I would make sure he's as close to 100% before getting him back on the field. Don't need to risk a, a potential injury there. Uh, Raheem Mostert has had a really good season and durability issues his whole entire career, but he's managed to appear in every game this season and is having a career year at his age. Uh, with his history of injuries, that's very impressive as well. But, uh, uh, but by the way, worth noting that with HN, he they actually said that he didn't they didn't think he needed to go on IR. They just didn't want him to play with a brace. Um, hmm. They're minus six fifty to win the division. W- you know, it would be shocking if they didn't win it. So I would be cautious about his usage moving forward. Like he could have come back in that game. They're just like, nah. Like they want to. They know how important he is, how explosive he is. They want to save him. I think for the postseason. It was so fun for three games. So those three games Uh, moving on to a really gross matchup. The Patriots are laying three and a half at the Giants. This total 33 and a half quite low. Um, I don't think that Tommy DeVito is going to have a game like that again. It would just be very shocking to me, but I want nothing to do with this matchup. Emery, talk to us about the Giants D line. Well, they have really started to come alive, especially Kayvon Thibodeau over 10 and a half sacks right now. And when you think about this matchup, I know a lot of people will tend to focus on what they saw last. The Giants putting up points. They're turning the ball over against Washington. They should be able to beat Mac Jones and the New England Patriots, right? Well, wrong. I feel like the Patriots defense will give a rookie quarterback problems. Bill Belichick versus rookie uh, quarterbacks that don't have mobility is a very good record. And the Patriots are coming off of a bye, so they've had two weeks to prepare for Tommy DeVito and the Saquon Barkley-led Giants offense, I would lay these points comfortably, but also take the under. Mm. Yeah, it's hard to imagine a whole lot of points being scored oh uh, in this matchup. Just looking really quickly to see. Um, I'm looking at the Bills' points scored against the Patriots. 10, uh, and I'm not good. 33. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's wrong. This is when Brian Dable was the the uh, offensive coordinator. Just, I mean, obviously, Josh Allen, a whole different ball of wax than Tommy DeVito. But, I mean... He's had success against the Patriots. Uh, Belichick's old team, so a little, I mean, a little, maybe like, I don't know. I think Belichick wants to beat the Giants. Belichick wants to keep the heat off of him. Doesn't want to give the, like, Belichick, is if he leaves, he doesn't want to give the Patriots a good draft pick on the way out of town, you know? Like, I think, I mean, I think he wants to win as many games as he can. I mean, so, oh boy, three and a half on the road for the Patriots is a lot, though. I think, I think most people will be backing the uh, Giants. It's all some People tweeting about it I was like surprised that the, the Giants weren't favored, but that's I mean that's a whole different ball wax. Well, I, I one this good is, game doesn't change the course of the entire season. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I agree with Emory's point. Like Belichick is going to throw some stuff at Tommy DeVito that's going to mess with his head. Oh. Steelers at the Bengals. Steelers minus one and a half. Of course, Joe Burrow out for the season. Wow. Bengals catching a little juice there. Total here thirty four 
and a half. Look ahead was Bengals minus six. Um, because that's under, how much that's under, that's under. yeah, that's how much Joe Burrow's worth to uh work to this. Um, uh, Ryan Wilson every Sunday is like he's like it's, he, I've never I've never seen anything like this on Sunday last Sunday last night. He's like this isn't even a Kenny this isn't even a Matt Canada problem. It's a Kenny Pickett problem, Emory. Well, yeah, maybe he stopped putting a uh, quarterback to the Steelers in his mock drafts because I know you watch it. Like, take stop giving the Bears a quarterback and give one to to your Steelers because they <laughs> yeah, need. Wilson. But Mike Tomlin holds on to people way too long. He held on to Big Ben too long. He's holding on Hold to, on to Matt Canada. Canada too long. He's is, holding on to Kenny Pickett too long. I think people are looking at this from the wrong way. Oh, is it his job or does he have control of those decisions? That's the question. Well, oh. and the other, well, the other thing on the on the Kenny Pickett thing too that's kind of interesting. So, um, the uh, remember Kevin Colbert is the one who made the Kenny Pickett selection. So Omar Khan, who's now the GM, who was like you know worked closely with Colbert forever and was like you know like thought to be you know an in house successor, right hand guy, takes over the job. Like it's sort of the same thing that Ozzie Newsom did with Lamar Jackson, where if it didn't work out, then DaCosta had could be like, well, Ozzie drafted him on his way out. You know what I mean? And now it's like, but it did work out. DeCosta's like, yeah, look, we got Lamar. Well, well here's, Kenny, the, here's I'm saying the, there's an easy out to blame the old GM. And, and, but I think this is what happened with Pittsburgh. They passed on the last time Pitt had a great quarterback in their home city. Marino. Exactly. They didn't want to let that happen in case this dude might be good, right? Um, but they, they whiffed. And right now we're asking, is he even better than Jake Browning? So if we remove <laughs> both quarterbacks – out of this equation and say, okay, who can run the ball? Who can play good defense? Who can turn the ball over? These two teams are evenly matched, right? And so, so now when you throw in the quarterback, do you trust Kenny Pickett to make some throws? We've seen him come alive mm -hmm. in the last two minutes of a game because he has a great receiver out there in George Pickens that can catch any duck that he throws out there. But Browning showed that he can at least move the ball a little bit. Uh, we saw that against the Ravens last night or last week. Um, so I think the under is definitely the strongest play here uh, out of is if you just remove the quarterbacks and see who can run the ball, who can operate off play action, who can make the least mistakes, man, just, just focus on that, that total and stay away from the side. Cause I can easily make a case for either team winning, but I can make the strongest case for the under to hit free my guy, George Pickens. I mean, the poor thing, he could be doing so much better if he actually had a quarterback. What do you think props? Uh, I would agree. I think the same goes for Deontay Johnson as well. I think Deontay Johnson's one of the better uh, route runners in the NFL. Ranks high at the top of ESPN's open score, which measures separation for wide receivers. Ranks in the top five, I believe, in three consecutive seasons. So uh, he could certainly benefit from a viable quarterback as well. Did want to point out really quick, one guy that I think is going to benefit as long as T. Higgins remains out of the lineup is Trenton Irwin. Uh, oh. Browning looked very comfortable throwing him the football uh, he was the second favorite target behind Jamar Chase. Might have actually had close to a, a similar target share when they were both on the field when Browning took over after Burrow went down. So uh, as long as T. Higgins is out, Irwin has been a full-time player in this Bengals offense. He could have a little bit of sneaky upside, both from a prop and fantasy standpoint. What is going on with Tyler Boyd just from my fantasy? Like, I don't understand. He's the only one that's getting open in the red zone, to be honest, when you go back and watch the film. It's just that. But they don't throw to him. They turn the ball over. That's yeah. what Burrow has had, I think, three interceptions inside the 20. And the only one that's really open is Tyler Boyd. So if they could stop turning the ball over, he'd have, and plus he dropped that one touchdown the, a couple of weeks ago. 
But th- he's been getting open, and he's the only one that has had success inside of Rizzo, ironically. It's really frustrating for me. All right, guys, we are going to take a quick break here, but stick around. We've got our anticipation plays coming up next, where we try and beat the line movement coming up. Watch a pick six. We'll be right back. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right it's that time again for our segment where we give you a bet that you should lock in early before the line moves to get you some clv baby closing line value we also do you one better we try to predict where that line is going to close at it's time for anticipation plays this anticipation plays segment is brought to you by fanduel sportsbook make every moment more Last week, Prop Stars said uh, take Minnesota plus the two. He thinks it's going to move more to a pick em. Where did that line close? I think at three. I, I was on the wrong side. All right. Well, Niners, <laughs> I said lay the 10 and a half. It's going to move to 12 and a half. It did move to 12 and a half at some books. I think on FanDuel it was 11 and a half, but, you know, it varies from book to book. Emery? Um, I said Eagles plus three would move to a pick em. It has dropped to two and a half at last check on FanDuel. Okay. I wasn't here on Monday, so – Yes, and Brinson, you were there in spirit, Brinson. You're on Monday, oh, yeah. so his anticipation played hit. <laughs> there was no change; it was great. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this week, I'll start. Well, so I have it on here. I said take the Niners and the Seahawks under the 44. Now, when reading this, I see that this is already changed. I was going to say it was going to move to 42 and a half, and it's already 42 and a half. So I guess we'll say this moves closer to 41. 
because it's already gone down a couple of points. But if you look at um, the last two regular season games between the 49ers and the Seahawks, the Seahawks scored 14.3 points per game, um, actually in the last three games against the, the 49ers, because there was one um, playoff game as well. Both of those regular season matchups last season, the max score was 34. Uh, I think these defenses are going to play up to each other. It's going to be in Seattle. It's a tough building to play in. Big rivalry. So I think it's going to be a huge um, a defensive game, lower scoring. I'll take the under. I think it'll go closer to 41. Okay. Um, I was looking at, I know Emory's got the, my, my favorite play, Emory is the Black Friday play. Emory's got something on that. So I'll instead go to Thanksgiving and say that the Cowboys minus 10 and a half uh, gets up to Cowboys minus 12. I also think that that uh, total will climb up a few points. And then if you want one more play, just since I missed last week, uh, I will take the, uh, I think the, the Panthers Titans total is 37. Feels high. Shouldn't that be like 21? <laughs> like I mean, they keep believing in bluegrass bortles all they want to, man. They'll realize they'll bluegrass bortles. Who with the Steelers are facing this year? Um, That's better than Beachbody Stafford. <laughs> bluegrass bortles. <laughs> uh, Steelers right now. Oh, sorry, Dolphins right now seven and a half. Um, I think it moves to ten and a half. Tim Doyle. I think it's, I think it's nine. Right. I think it's already great moves. I was basketball analyst, but Tim Boyle. Um, wait, who's starting for the Jets? Tim Boyle. Doyle is about uh, Doyle works for Sportsline. Yeah, I was like, I was getting yeah. By the way, we love Tim Doyle. Well, the Jets' starting quarterback is a classic example. By the way, the Dolphins' line is already like nine or nine and a half. Right. So, so when I put this in the uh, pick six in the rundown, yeah, yeah, uh, rundown, it was still seven and a half. Um, but the Jets' starting quarterback is a classic example of teams overrating pro days. He had a great pro day. Because he threw it, you know, very hard and long uh, in that Eastern Kentucky wind, and um, he ended up on the Packers roster. It's just like phenomenal to see. Because again, no season in his college football career with more touchdowns than picks. So this will jump significantly. I want to be ahead of it. And I'm gonna take a total. Uh, I do wish that I could use props because I could show you guys what some real closing line value is yeah. uh, if I had access to props. But I'm going to take a shot on a total here. Uh, the Texans against the Jaguars. To me, this has uh, AFC South shootout written all over it. We saw the Jags really bounce back after getting whipped by KD's Niners. Uh, both offenses have looked very good. I think the Houston defense is starting to crater a bit as well. Obviously performed really well or above expectations throughout the majority of the first 10 or 11 weeks of the season. But, uh, yeah, I just think we're going to see a lot of passing volume in this game. Both of their run defenses are fairly strong. So, as a result, they're both pass funnels. So, yeah, I just think an uptick in passing volume will lead to a shootout. And uh, we both have two very good young quarterbacks and explosive offenses. So, I think uh, this game ultimately closes close to 48, 48 and a half points. All right, these anticipation plays and this segment has been brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Um, I put a little extra emphasis on that one. Moving on to the next game, Panthers at Titans. Titans laying four, this total 37. I would kind of think about the under in this game. Yes. I mean, both, both yes. of these. Both, both teams are three and seven to the under. Why is it 37? And like, and, and Giants, um, Patriots is, is 33 and a half. Like, right. 
Levis can take some deep shots and Hopkins is is dangerous, I guess. Maybe Der- Derrick Henry could run wild on this one, but like Carolina, Carolina is the most plotting, pathetic, horizontal offense in the NFL right now. It's, I mean, it's bad, man. And by the way, Titans minus, Titans minus four. Oof. Like that's Oof. like, I mean, if you took their combined scoring from this week, 11 is 24 points. 14 and 10 is what these yeah. two teams put up. We're giving them 37. Yes, I agree with Will. Um, Emery, any thoughts here? Zero. And one of those touchdowns came on like a flea flicker. So it, this this will be probably yeah, the Hopkins touchdown was a flea flicker. We're yeah, we're to Levis. Right. Um, and then, you know, Carolina, I mean, Carolina, yeah, yeah this like both quarterbacks get sacked way too much. Yeah. And some of it is on the old line, some of it is on them. But that this is way too many sacks for rookie quarterbacks to take it's just it's not good offensive football to watch yep uh jaguars at texas should be good offense as prop mentioned this over could be a good look jags are five and five to the over texas four and six to the over but i agree i think you see it already moving up 46 and a half on fanduel minus 115 i see it in 47 in other places um this isn't like a straight up division title matchup but it's kind of close if the yeah. jaguars win i think the upshot has them at 90 percent to win the division and if the texans win um they they're up to like it becomes like basically a coin flip so it, it, like the texans it's, it's the texans aren't done if they lose but the jaguars probably so up ish the division with the with a win here they have a really really easy schedule win this game and you can make a run at the afc uh first seed in the afc and by the way this time last year, and I wrote about this for CBSSports.com. You can go read it on the site. But um, this time last year, coming into remember the Jaguars got whipped in Week Ten against the Niners. Ten weeks in last year, they were three and seven and took off. Now, some of it was a little fluky and all that, but I think it's interesting to note that this is the point in time when the Jaguars' offense and Trevor Lawrence started to play really well, and he played awesome on Sunday in Week Eleven. Um, thrashing a bad a bad titans defense i just sort of wonder if at six and three now seven and three they can make the same sort of like leap in the second half of a season and challenge for the one seed i don't think it's out of the question i look at this and i say who can close better you know um because right now 46 and a half is not enough points both these teams will will score they'll find the end zone both quarterbacks can work you know deep down the field in the passing game they have tremendous vertical threats Whichever defense can step up late or whichever offense can lean into their run game, their four-minute offense to close it out, will win. But I like the over more so than anything in here uh, because both teams really uh, score. And it's funny because, you know, if the Texans lose, you know who's, like, moved up to, like, first place on the the in-the-hunt side? The Indianapolis Colts. Who had that call in the preseason? Hey, be long, long way home. John Breach, John Breach, John Breach says he thinks Minshew is gonna uh, make a playoff run too. That so. see, that's why I don't. I'm I'm backing off of it because I don't believe in Minshew. But man, yeah. if they had a healthy Anthony Richardson, we talk about the AFC North. We could be talking. We could be talking about the AFC South and how well they would have been playing this year. AFC South can still get three teams into the playoffs. That's crazy. But that would be wild if that happened. Like especially considering where the season was. NFC right. South probably not going to get three in, Katie. No. Uh, speaking of Saints at the Falcons, uh, Falcons laying one and a half. This total 42 and a half. Desmond Ritter has won his spot back from uh, Heineke. And I believe Derek Carr is still in concussion. Still in protocol. concussion protocol. That 42 and a half number, that's a Jameis Winston number. 
Like four, it's 36 and a half with Derek Carr in there because Derek Carr ain't attacking vertically. He's dinking and dunking. Yeah. And Jameis is going to score 14 points for somebody. Like, well, Jameis might be the other game. team. He got that ball game against the Vikings. That was fun so as hell. 24 3 and they uh, 27 3 and boom, 27 16 right away. You know what I'm saying? So, whoever the Saints throw out their quarterback ultimately determines, to your point, how this line goes. I would probably lean toward the Falcons if Ritter can protect the ball inside the red zone. That's the biggest key. But I can't trust what the Saints throw out their quarterback. And, you know, especially if it's Carr, if it's Winston, okay, this over is the play. But yeah. right now, I'm going to just take the. Uh, Falcons on the you know minus one and a half. So I, I think Thomas and Marshawn Lattimore also uh, to ooh. miss to miss time. Mm. What about what's I, I think I think I think the Derek Carr thing is a good excuse for um the uh, for Dennis Allen because Dennis Allen's like Derek Carr's our starter, but it's like I think he wants to play Jameis Winston, but he doesn't want to piss off his boy Derek Carr. So it's like all right, you're a concussion protocol. Just let's just keep him in concussion protocol and roll Jameis out there. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw. Uh, plenty of Jameis, and man, Jameis makes everything more fun. This is must-watch TV if Jameis plays against his Falcons defense. Buccaneers at the Colts. Emory's Colts laying one and a <laughs> half at home. Uh, Bucks are two and eight to the over, and the Colts are six and four. Total forty-three. It's actually shocking that the Bucks are two and eight to the over because they are a pass funnel. And I think we could see a lot of Gardner Minshew and Michael Pittman and maybe Josh Downs in this game. Um, you can just toss the ball all over the place against the Buccaneers defense. Wouldn't be surprised if we saw a pick six for Minshew as well. Any, um, you know, let's just toss it. Anybody dying to say something about the Bucs and Colts that Emory didn't already cover? Um, all right. Let's toss to break. When we come back, Katie will tell us about her two most hated teams. On planet Earth. Next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's not actually my two most hated teams, but it is one of them, Brinson, because uh, you don't care about them. the Cardinals. Is that what you're saying? I don't. I like the Cardinals are frisky and fun. I like the Cardinals. I root for the Cardinals. I like Mighty Mouse. Um, all right. Rams at Cardinals. Cardinals laying one and a half. Rams obviously squeaking by Seattle uh, this last week. Cardinals look rejuvenated uh, with Kyler Murray. Murray. Kyler Murray uh, put on a pretty good um, show against the Texans. Obviously ended up losing that game, but certainly uh, were in there. This total 44 and a half. Um, Emery, what are your thoughts on this? It's, well, I like how the Cardinals are now attacking more uh, in the passing game. And Wits McComb has looked real spry running the football. Uh, James Conn, I like how he's running the ball. Yeah. So I like the balance that they have. Uh, Kyler Murray is still starting to look like Kyler Murray. Kyler, Kyler looks good. They look good, oh, you know. Yeah. And so the you know the Cardinals, they were going toe to toe for a while with the Texans and the Rams. They needed a little bit of Aaron Donald, prime Aaron Donald, to really bust up that interior offense by Seattle, and he got Geno Smith on the ground. Oh my that God! Was, that was probably <laughs> the injury right there. Um, 
I like the Cardinals here. I think the Cardinals can get this one done. I I would lay these one this one and a half points uh, with Arizona. Um, talk to me about Trey McBride. Props eleven. Yeah, I love him too. Full time player uh, for this offense. Very athletic. Reminds me of a young Travis Kelsey. I know that's obviously quite a comparison, but uh, yeah, just super athletic, super explosive at the position, especially tight end position where you just don't have a lot of guys who are playing full time. Frankly, and uh, High-level producers, he has certainly been that. I'm curious what happens when Zach Ertz is eligible to return uh, and once his IR stint comes to an end, which, uh, which I believe is next week. Uh, if I'm the Cardinals and, again, you're playing uh, to get a look at the future and also to win football games, I cannot imagine uh, taking Trey McBride off the field with as good as he's looked, as explosive as he's looked. He looks like the best option in that passing attack, frankly. So, uh, yeah, if I'm the Cardinals, it's going to be the Trey McBride show moving forward, even with a healthy Zach Ertz. I, this could have been an anticipation play for me. I think the Rams close as a favorite. Okay. The Cardinals are two and nine. They can't be favored. <laughs> if Stafford's healthy, game, give me. And they're fine. The, yeah, that's fine. It's fine. Stafford's healthy. <laughs> give me the Rams. Um, I don't know what, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously Sean McVay, Cliff Kingsbury, they were the, some of the matchups there, but I, yeah, I'll take the, I'll take the Rams. I think Stafford has a big game against a very vulnerable. Daryl Anderson Jr. might have a big game tier too against a very vulnerable, uh, like Devin Singletary was gashing this Cardinals deep, this run defense. Wouldn't be shocked at all. What's that? Went for a buck 30 back to back hundred yeah. yard performances for Devin. First Singletary. time in his career, back to back hundred yard performances and the human first down Daryl Henderson straight out of Memphis, baby. Let's go. I might just play him in some DFS this week. Browns at the <laughs> Browns at the Broncos Ugh. beats Bears Battlestar Galactica. Broncos minus two and a half, a total of 36 and a half. And that is, ju- that is juice towards the under. I would definitely look towards the under too. Browns are four, five, and one on the season. Broncos are four and six. But that, you know, Deshaun Watson is factored in there and you have some weird shootout games. Um, I don't think the Bronc- the Browns are going to be very aggressive on offense at all, and I don't think the Broncos will be very aggressive at all. I mean, Russell Wilson had some looks, some looks downfield that Cortland Sutton passing touchdown on Monday night, um, or Sunday night, excuse me. Uh, you know, great, fine throw, but it were only Cortland Sutton could get it. But by and large, Russell was checked down Charlie, and that's fine. He's not making any huge mistakes. Uh, Broncos can't really run the ball that well, and the defense is playing well enough where I think that you'll just see this be sort of a, a slugfest. I like the under in this spot. Yeah, when you think about how that Browns game transpired against uh, Pittsburgh, Stefanski did he did he not trust DTR or did he trust DTR? Because in the middle part of that game, those magical eight minutes they talk about, they really didn't throw vertical down the field until the end where they needed to to get into field goal range to make the field goal. And, and speaking of that, the Broncos have shown they can move the ball. They had five field goals against a Vikings defense that threw the kitchen sink at them, and they had answers, especially in the last couple of drives where Russ was hitting um, some IJP Ryan with the check down pass because no one was covering him, and he was getting 15 yards a pop, got them down the field pretty quickly. So I worry about the Browns' conservative nature against a very good Steelers-like defense in the from the back seven perspective they can't rush like the Steelers can rush but they can cover better than the Steelers and so this could be a different uh difficult matchup I feel like for DTR because he's gonna have to find some open options so this game could look a lot like how we just watch both teams play Broncos Vikings and Steelers um uh Brown so I feel like this game I like the Broncos here as well 
you know, because when do we see Flacco? Two weeks? Uh, no, nah, we'll see. DT. Flacco can't move. People love the idea of Flacco as if we didn't watch him against when, when he played with the Jets. He was horrible. You take the, the over on pass attempts if Flacco comes into the game or sacks because he's going to get eaten up alive. Uh, we remember no tackles and Joe Flacco. That's a great combination. <laughs> we remember him with the Jets uh, not being able to get out the way. So I do like the Broncos here. And this is the perfect line. I think they could win in a field goal uh, game. By the way, I would almost, I mean, I was thinking about this last night because I put uh, my picks in for sports line and Broncos minus two and a half or one. Um, it's like the NFL is so stupid where you know, it's Broncos minus two and a half. The Broncos win by one. And it's basically, do you win or lose? Do you cover or, or do you win or lose your bet? Comes down to that two point conversion. And I think that's why I would probably even just lay the money line with the Broncos here at minus 135 just because it might be one of those where it's a field goal at the end and it comes down to like, is it a tie game or are they down two or are they down one? And like the field goal, you, you win. It feels like, a, you know, like the Falcons early in the season where if you don't take the money line, you know, Arthur Smith is going to find a way to like not cover two and a half while also winning. It's just Vegas like, impossible. Is amazing. Vegas is. Vegas know? I don't, I don't know how they know, but they, I know. mean, like it came down to one play. It came down to basically the final play of the game, the two point conversion. And by the way, Cortland Sutton, why don't you get your ass out of the stand to get lined up so you don't have to burn a timeout before you run the two point conversion play, pal? What are you doing? Taking selfies with Broncos fans in there? What do you do it? Wide receivers. Cost me, cost me my bet. Wide receivers, man. You can't take them anywhere, right? Even. Um, next up. The Chiefs are laying nine at the Raiders. This total 44 and a half Chiefs, of course, playing tonight in a Super Bowl rematch on Monday night football against the Eagles. So uh, depending on how that game goes, maybe we'll see some movement here. Raiders were actually looked pretty good um, considering it's the Raiders against the Dolphins um, this weekend. Anybody have anything to talk about on this game? I will say this quickly, right quick. Um, You don't like you don't have to be ridiculously talented to play quarterback in the nfl you just can't be scary and aiden o'connell is not afraid of anything he is not scary that's why they had a shot versus the dolphins as long as you go out there with some confidence you're gonna hang around and you could make a play here or there so as long as he goes out as long as he goes out there with the same confidence he had in every game he's played they'll keep this within the number because that defense is flying around aiden o'connell is not afraid of pressure um, he's going to fire that, that ball. Throw, that throw to Devontae was freaking awesome. Exactly. So as long as you're not afraid, I can win with you. And I think the Raiders feel like they have a guy they can win with. Uh, maybe he may not be the precise passer or the elite runner, but at least, you know, he's going to get rid of the ball. I think that could keep them within this. This maybe, maybe, maybe Tim Boyle's the most confident man on planet earth. Maybe that's what that's <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what's going on there. I, I think the under, I mean, uh, look, it's in it's in Vegas. Is this the no, this um but the Chiefs are two and seventy the under, Raiders are two and ninety the under. Um, I think the Chiefs will limit what, what Aiden O'Connell and that offense can do. I think the Raiders will try and get back to more Josh Jacobs. They didn't do it against Miami, only 14 carries. And you'll see a Raiders. The Raiders are trying hard. Like, I don't think Mahomes is gonna just obliterate. I don't think I don't We'll see what happens against Philly on, on, on Monday night, obviously. But, like, I would be surprised if, you know, coming out of the bye and it's just like all of a sudden this, you know, Chiefs, these Chiefs receivers are just, like, lighting the world on fire. They're scoring tons of points. Um, we guess. I don't know if we got Taylor Swift here for this one or not. So maybe a, a under she definitely. Not. She is in Rio right now. She had to postpone her um, concerts because it's too hot there. Unfortunately, one of her fans actually passed away due to some kind of. Like, passed away? Problems. 
Yeah, she lost one of her fans. Um, oh my because god! It was, I saw it was, I saw a video where she was like like telling them to get people water. Wow. Yeah, it, because of and so she had actually cancel a couple shows because it was too hot. Um, and obviously the safety of her fans and her crew and everyone are um are the most Paramount. important. But even so, even though. The Kelseys and the Swifts are meeting. The Meet the Parents is happening at this game. Taylor Swift, I have read, will not be there. Probably a good look not to show up to the Eagles uh, Chiefs game yeah, after to a fan dies on your private jet, leaving yeah. from Rio. Uh, Bills at Eagles. Eagles <laughs> also playing in the Monday night game. The Bills, a very desperate six and five. The Eagles, uh, TBD, uh, eight and one, eight and two, or nine and one. Man, Bills getting three and a half here. I feel like I'm going to lay these points with the Eagles. The Bills are way too volatile. Mm, I don't know. What do you think, Emery, about uh, what we saw from Joe Brady and Josh Allen? Because I thought it was interesting to note that in the wake of Ken Dorsey being fired, at the beginning of the week, they, you know, Josh Allen was asking about Dorsey. He was like, he's a great, great guy, just one of the best humans. Like, nothing That's the about way they talked about a, Nathaniel Hackett, too. Yeah, it's like nothing about him as a coach? Yeah. No, nothing like – doesn't seem like you were that upset about this. Um, he's like, Joe Brady's got some juice, man. I don't know. I think it's kind of interesting. Man. It's sort of like maybe Sean McDermott, Sean McDermott fired Ken Dorsey because he knows that his seat is warm. I mean, like that's just the bottom line. When you fire your offensive coordinator in the middle of the season and you're not in the playoffs and you're, you were a Super Bowl favorite, it means you know your ass is on the line. And so it stands to reason then that he would be like, look, Joe, to Joe Brady, go work with Josh and just figure out what the best offense is and screw it. Like, I'm, I'm hands off. I'm going to coach up this defense. Go do what you got to do, right? Well, it's funny because I'm watching the game yesterday and I'm, you know, checking off boxes. Okay, they talked about Josh Allen, you know, looks great in this offense. Boom. They gave Brady his props because, you know, he found the magic elixir. Oh, look, he's getting the ball out quick. Check. None of the checkpoints, all, all the checkpoints, the talking points were checked, except the they were playing the Jets offense, you know, <laughs> where they're playing against a quarterback that's not going to be a threat. Yeah. So you're going to have 75 at-bats if you're the Bills offense because of these three and outs the Jets are going to give you. This is the real test, and they're going to fail miserably against a very good defense that can turn the ball over in an offense that will put up at least 24 to 27 points uh, against that defense of theirs that's just losing guys every week. They're getting banged up every week. I'm talking about the Bills' defense. Lay these points right now and take the under because I don't see Buffalo scoring a ton. I think 13 is the magic number for Buffalo. And if you want to factor in the 24 to 27 for the Eagles, there's your, your, your score. It helps you cast the under as well. I'm taking the points of the Bills. I think I think Buffalo is going to keep. But I mean, let's see. Let's see. Uh, let's also. I mean, like, let's see what um, the deal is too. With you know, like, like, like I mean, Jalen. If J, like, if Jalen Hurts gets banged up at all during the Monday night game, jump on the Bills plus three and a half. Obviously, you know, I think like that 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 matters too. With when we talk about the Monday night game, prop uh, your team. Oh yeah, as far as the Bills' offense is concerned, I was actually encouraged with the way they played. Obviously, I know it came against. The Jets, but yeah, offensively, defensively, they look good. I thought that Joe Brady uh, had a conservative game plan, but it was just good to see him rely heavily on James Cook. I just feel like that's been a missing ingredient from this offense uh, is a real commitment to James Cook, um, who, in my opinion, is one of the better running backs in the NFL. So, 
yeah, I think if he continues to have a large role, good things will happen for the Bills. As far as the Eagles are concerned, uh, I think a lot obviously comes down to what happens tonight uh, against the Chiefs. If the Eagles win, I could see them being a little bit more vulnerable compared to if they lose. I have a hard time seeing this Eagles roster uh, healthy, losing two games in a row. But, uh, yeah, I would say a lot hinges on tonight against the Chiefs. All right, moving on. Last game, Ravens laying four at the Chargers. This total, 46 and a half. Uh, no Mark Andrews, of course. A Cu- couple um, of notes here. Just Jim Harbaugh just – or John Harbaugh, excuse me, just talked like while we were doing the show. Mark Andrews has a chance to come back at some point later in the season. Would be in the playoffs if he came back. Odell Beckham's injury not considered to be long-term, but sounds like he wouldn't be able to play um, – and then uh, Lamar Jackson is quote fine. So three big names. And not not Ravens, Jimmy. but what's going on with Joey Bosa? Since you, uh, I would imagine Joey Bosa is. Uh, we won't find out till later, but I imagine he's. I mean, the way he got carted off and was crying. So I mean, right. I, that that typically, um, yeah, that typically means it's not great. No, uh, Emery. Obviously, this Ravens defense is going to look to slow down Herbert and Allen and the Chargers. They're going to have to get some stops um, if they're going to try to slow down these Ravens. What do you think of this matchup? This is a big game uh, in terms of name recognition type game. So expect Baltimore to show up. This is the game they show up for. It's like they showed up against the Bengals. So anytime they're facing a team that has a big name, especially at quarterback that people like to say is better than Lamar Jackson. The Ravens will show up and open up a, an entire can of you-know-what. And they're playing indoors on turf. This is a speed team. This is a team that really can get vertical. Um, and they can hit the home run, whether it's with the passing game, Zay Flowers. Uh, and you saw Rashad Bateman, first-round pick. Aguilar had a touchdown, you know, first-round pick. Charlie Kohler, the tight end, is a fantastic vertical stretch tight end. Uh, receiving tight end, more natural at the position than – Isaiah Likely, who is also very athletic, and Keaton Mitchell, as well as Gus Edwards, will have their running rooms uh, available because of Lamar Jackson. So this is the Chargers have no shot here. Lay lay these points with. Why why is it only four points, you think? I mean, we talk about when Kelsey was out, how much of a line shift that caused. Is Mark Andrews that big of a player that could switch this line prop? This is Baltimore built Baltimore's. uh, you know, tendency to let teams hang around and play with their food. This is hey, the Chargers' tendency to like stay within three points of every every right. football team on planet Earth from high school to like the, right, the, 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 right, the elite right. of the NFL. Right. Yeah, and then then you have the Chargers who still quietly quietly have the ability to throw deep down the field. And to me, that's where the Ravens can give up some big plays. Marlon Humphrey didn't play, I don't believe, uh, last weekend, um, uh, and they didn't really need him uh, because. Obviously, we saw what transpired in that ball game against the Bengals. Uh, but this one, if he's not out there, expect Justin Herbert to try to attack the secondary going deeper down the field and force those guys to actually turn and find the football. So all of that is baked into this line. But because this is a spotlight game, the, the Ravens will be ready to go. If this was, you know, San Diego State, then, yeah, take them plus the points. Or if this was, you know, UCLA as opposed to the Los Angeles Chargers, take UCLA over the Ravens. All right, Prop Stars, real quick, uh, and I agree with you, uh, Emery, on this one. What does this mean for Zay Flowers? Are we going to see more from him now that Mark Andrews is out? Uh, I actually think it'll be beneficial to other Ra- uh, Ravens players. Rashad uh, Bateman, maybe? Zay Flowers? Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham, if he's healthy, Isaiah Likely, as um, 
Emery mentioned as well. So, yeah, I see the running backs getting a little more involved in the passing game there. But I think it's a massive loss to Baltimore. I think Mark Andrews uh, is as good as any tight end in the NFL. He has the deepest A dot of any player on the Ravens, and he draws more targets than any player as well. Uh, yeah, it was having just a fantastic season. So I think this loss is uh, a bit bigger than people realize. Chargers pass defense is absolute dog crap right now, too. Like Lamar, I mean, Lamar is going to light them up. I think, I think Todd Monk will scheme this up and you will see explosive plays down the field. But yeah, Mark like- Andrews, Mark Andrews, Mark Andrews would have had a absolutely enormous day. Yeah. I think Mark Andrews' loss will come, you know, will really be felt when they play, you know, teams like Cleveland or, or Pittsburgh or divisional games that are just really difficult down the stretch as the weather gets worse. And this matchup against the Chargers, I think they're obviously capable of shredding them with anybody. All right, seems the consensus here is lay the points with Baltimore. That's going to do it for our show today. Make sure you join us all week for more NFL coverage. Tomorrow, Brinson, Breach, and Wilson are joined by Pete Prisco to break down his weekly power rankings on CBSSports.com. One last reminder to show us some love and hit that like button, comment, or subscribe on our YouTube page. If you're listening to the audio version, do the same download, follow, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. That's it from us. See you next time. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.